Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 49, or weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows, past and present. He is Jed Shepherd, And that guy surrounded by donuts is Rob Jelly, the Jelly Man! Jelly donuts, jelly donuts! Well, technically that's what they are in America, because they don't call jam jam, do they? They call jam jelly, you or know jello. What? You should go to America and mm. patent jelly donuts. Jelly TM donuts. As in, like, what we call jelly no, just or jam. your donuts, the ones that you've made yourself. Oh, or handmade donuts. Yeah, yeah. Jelly donuts. Jelly donuts. And they'll be like, no, no, no. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, you can't paint in that. No, but that's my name. It's like I've painted the shepherd's pie, so I get I get 20p every time someone has a shepherd's pie. Do you really? Pie. Every I, time. I've always wondered how you afforded such lavish shirts. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, it's the shepherd's funded, pie. It's funded the shepherd's by the pie shepherd's millions. pie industry. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, and also, you know when you, when you get a red sky at night? Yeah. I get 20p. Shepherd's delight. Yeah, I get 20p every time we see Damn Red it. Sky. Hang on a minute. I got some change here. I owe you 20p. It comes yeah. from the government. You don't. You don't need to pay me directly. It comes out of your your. Uh, oh, does it? Oh, well, no, well, that's yeah. case, I put it back in my pocket then. Fair enough. How are you, Squire? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> yeah, very well. Although I'm starting to think I should have had an empire sort of some years ago now, and I've missed out you on have, many yeah. years of royalties. Should we explain why we're surrounded by donuts? I think we should. Uh, we decided that on the back of last week's <laughs> podcast, when we said about the shows we're going to do this week, yeah. we said. We should have the right um, sustenance to get us in the yeah. mood, the mindset of this uh, this episode, because we're doing two cop shows, as you as you'll know from the title of the podcast. Yeah, and with cops comes donuts. Yeah, and cops, coffee. Yeah, and coffee. Cops are well in the cops on TV shows. They're most closely associated with having uh, coffee and picking out on donuts yeah pretty much um, when they should be doing their job so we, we're picking out on donuts we've got coffee in our hand yep. Rob's got it in a flask I've got it in a skull glass yeah I, do you know what I'm, I'm starting to think because I was I had a coffee on the way over in the car and yep. I, I feel like I feel like I'm a flask kind of guy that's kind of cool like recently I thought I felt like I should be chewing more gum <laughs> so I feel like I'm a bit of a chewing gum kind of guy and I feel like I'm a flask kind of guy yeah because when people see people with a flask, they'll go, oh, he's a bit mysterious. Yeah. Why can't he settle? He's always on the go. He's, he's yeah, an adventurer. Pre- precisely. I just feel like I'm a kind of flask guy. Yeah, you know, like, was... sort of per- sometimes, you know, when you see someone who's wearing like a flat cap and you think you don't, you don't, you don't, no. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's just not working, mate. But if they see, if they see someone with a flask in their hand, they'll possibly think, like, I want to know a bit more about him. Yeah. Why can't, why can't he just sit down? Why yeah. is he always on the, on the move? Why does he need a Not flask? even time to sit and have a coffee? Yeah. What's he doing with those extra few minutes? Exactly. It, it's, it's intrigue. Yeah. And then round the office, you've got that, that rumour. Rob's an international spy, don't you know? Yeah, absolutely That's, I am. Yeah. You know I am. So me with a, um, a skull glass jar. jar drinking coffee out of that, will people think I'm a serial killer or a wizard? Uh, wizard, yeah. Wizard. I was say, wizard anyway. it's a close, it's a close call, <laughs> but I think just just tipped over to wizard. Uh, I'm I'm fine with that. Just if, if you had the lid, serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the lid over there but with a straw in it. If this podcast ends all of a sudden, call nine one one. Has the week been? Yeah, it's been good. What yeah. I've been doing, uh, it was uh, by the time you've listened to this, it would have been Easter. It will um, then, yeah. Easter was good. Saw some friends. Um, did the another draft of uh, the short film that I'm about to direct. Nice, which is good. Made it a bit more zippy. Cool. Um, and see so a reference back to the last week's episode. With that's Rainbow. true. I didn't even think of that. Clever. Um, and yeah, just excited in the next couple of months to, to film it, and I'll make sure that you you're aware of when we film it, so you can thank you very much. Come and be in it. In, in I some have been capacity. practicing my tap dance. <laughs> I genuinely have had a little practice of my tap dancing. Apparently, I can't do it. So I'll practice hard for you. Okay, thank you. Well, we haven't cast anyone besides the main actress yet, so... And me. Uh, yeah, and you, yeah, yeah. You can, you, can, you can play our brother, but you'll have to um, pretend you're 16. I pretty much act like I'm seven. That's so true, like, you know, that's I'm just going to bring it up a few years. I'll be fine, it'll be fine. Uh, how have you been? Not bad, not bad. Have you recovered bad. from yes, your week yeah, yeah, it, your it, day? I'm not going to lie to you. Up to Easter was a really mad rush of just 
loads of little projects, loads of fun things, um, and then going away to Copenhagen and such. And that three days off over Easter yeah. was so very needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've recharged now, kind of reset. Everything's sort of you know rested up now, and I'm back in it and back on it. And well, we were just talking pre-show um, about you wanting at some point this year to do some stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been. I, I did. A, I did something a little while ago, and I'm sure we we played it a few, we week, it on the show, few weeks yeah. back, didn't we, on the podcast? And um, I just, I kind of feel like I want to just do a little something away from the radio. Yeah. I feel like I just need another little project. Have they sacked you after that um, W1A show? N- no, I, okay. I, I have actually managed to block it from anyone uh, who <laughs> works for the BBC. Uh, no, I don't know. It just, I just feel like I've got, I've got ideas in my head that I can only express in stand-up form. Okay, okay. So I'm just, I'm, I'm drafting some ideas at the moment. It's yeah. literally only ideas for now, but I'm okay. hoping by the end of the year, yeah. do a little slot. So, so Netflix, sort. if you're listening, please get in touch and uh, Honestly, we'll the, be happy. The, the so. production on this will be like a West End musical, I promise. <laughs> it's going to be insane. Um, but on the top of the other ideas we've had, like the Sesame Street podcast, which we've got, we were talking we've got about. We've got to do that. Oh, we were even, just now, um, we were listening to uh, the new Chaz and Dave album, which I'm um, having something to do with, and uh, they've got a song on it um, called A Little Bit of Me, A Little Bit of You, and it's... It's just perfect. It's perfect. That's the theme song for the podcast. So, Chaz, Dave, if it's okay with you, yeah. can we borrow it for the Sesame Street podcast, which we haven't decided on how it works yet, but yeah. we know that we want your song for the theme tune. Yeah. If you want me to do stuff for you, you're going to have to accept <laughs> that I'm going to plagiarise your music and put it into podcasts. And that goes for all bands I do here's, stuff with. Actually, here's, here's a threat for you. If you don't let us use the original track, I'll remake it on a Casio keyboard, which I found in a skip. <laughs> Usually the best ones. Usually the best. Um, Shall we yeah, crack on? Yeah, just guys, if, if you're into Chaz and Dave, they've got a new album coming out in a couple of weeks. They um, certainly have. April 19th. Sounds really good as well. We just listened to it. Classic, it's so good. Classic, classic really Jazz good. and Dave, but with today's modern production uh, sort of tags to it, so it's really yeah. good. And the lead single is brilliant. But anyway, enough of a promotion. Uh, it, about in, stuff indeed, I do. indeed. Let's do our thing now, yes. which is reviewing two more pilot episodes, the 49th take for us. So That's right. we are very nearing the 100th show that we've watched together. Yeah. Um, but this week, we've got a cop theme to it, and you're going first. I am going first. And the uh, cop show that I've chosen is the one that made them all Hill Street Blues. First of all, can we talk about the theme song? Yes, please, let's talk about the theme song, because questions, many yeah. questions. Well, well, my thing is, um, sometimes when you, when you watch a, a show, specifically a cop show or crime show, you get a particular type of theme song where it's like, dun dun, or like, you get kind of, um, yeah, exactly, like, like Shaft or something like that, and, it can, and you kind of get the impression from from the outset, you know you're getting into something gritty, something... Yeah. Um, serial killer-ish. Well, or I think, like, I think they, they quite often, with any cop show that there is, yeah. so UK, US, yeah. old, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, even current day stuff, yeah. the theme tune generally gives you that feeling of, is it serious? Is it hard-hitting? Is it funny? Exactly. This one sort of... Yeah. I don't know what it and does. And I'll tell you why. So... Specifically, the creators of the show wanted the composer, Mike Post, to do something, and in their words, the antithesis of what people expect. So you're expecting something hard-hitting, something tense, minor-key, to put you on kind of on edge, because this show is meant to put you on edge. I wanted no. a bassoon, and I got <laughs> and I got kind of... Well, I don't know. You wanted the bassoon, you wanted the double bass. I got, I got bassoon. I wanted bassoon, I got flute. Yeah, well, well what you got here... I wanted here, mystery, and I got... Ooh. Please hold. You got some. Do, do, yeah. Do, do. In fact, it's almost lift music. Yeah. It's almost lift music, and it's also, if you listen to it again, it's almost Jurassic Park. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. It's very Jurassic Park. But like, I Coming love soon this. to a cinema near you, <laughs> Hill Street Park. I love the fact that this is, um, like they said, the antithesis of what you expect because. This show is very unexpected. It isn't what... Before this show, um, cop shows didn't look like this or feel like this at all. This is the show that created um, a kind of popularity of the handheld camera effect where 
people have handheld cameras because they want something gritty some, and makes you feel like you're right in there with them. Before that, this didn't happen. And with so, a cop show... I, do you know what? I didn't consciously notice that, but yeah, now you've said it, yeah. I'm kind of looking at some of the scenes in my head now and thinking, yeah, you're right. Everything you can think about it's about very... cu- current cop show... You can see the blueprint in Hill Street Blues. Before this, like the acting in cop shows was really like overboard, very dramatic. Like, okay, Sergeant, let's go get the, this man and so this, stick this, the cuffs on him. This is January 1981 that this first aired. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't the first cop show that there ever was on no, television. No, 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 by, no, of by, course any, not. by any stretch of the imagination. But this set the rules. So besides, or did it change the rules? It changed like, the it, rules. It, 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 yeah. it kind of at least highlighted that you don't have to do it the way that it's been done. Up to this point. Well, previously, it hadn't been done with a realistic bent to it. And this is the first realistic, gritty cop show, which are like ten a penny now. Um, so yeah. not only have you got the kind of the gritty um, um, style, you've also got the fact that you um, the characters are well-rounded characters who have their own problems. Before that, cops were like above, almost not above the law, but they were very kind of innocent or straight straight edge. Everyone in this is is has a different shades of grey basically yeah. they either have alcoholic problems they're having affairs they're fight- infighting you never got that on a cop show before but also um, you get little things like technical things like the episode always starts uh, with them in that room in the call in the call and register yeah always and always ends roll call that's roll what call. it is roll call yeah exactly and it always starts like that and uh, always ends with the kind of debrief at the end um and so is that every episode all the way through Every the single end? episode. So, and the very, very clever thing about this, it means that you're with those cops for their whole working day. So you feel like you're there with them, especially that is clever. coupled with the gritty style. It feels like you're in the action with them. So everything that happens in this, you f- it, you feel it on a personal level more than you had before. We're so, we take it for granted now that um, if a cop goes into a house, you'll follow them in when they kick down the door and up in the face of the... Yeah. That never happened until this show. This show is the most important cop show that has been. It's, it's, it's that important. And I suspect you're going to give this a high score today. Well, I'll tell you, tell you what, or, the, pilot, not. <laughs> the pilot episode wasn't, wasn't that well received by the audience, yet it won, and the first season alone, won the most Emmy Awards you can ever think of yeah. for a TV show. Unbelievable amount of critical acclaim. And now people just understand that it's it's the greatest yeah cop show what did you think about the plot though rob i liked it i, yeah. I genuinely liked it i thought it was it, again it's, it's hard like when, when we watch these shows back and you're watching it 35 40 years on from its original airing you're watching it with a whole different mindset you're in a different social era as well as actual era yeah um but it was really good you know i, I there was a there's an amazing dynamic within the whole force itself. And I feel like you are going to get to know many of the characters in it really, really well. So just yep. run through a few of the names where you've got Captain Francis Ferrello. Yep. Played by Daniel Travanti, who's kind of almost your, your kind of easy main guy, isn't he? Yep. He is your kind of main guy. Um, in this episode, in you, this do, episode you, yeah. do the, you do meet uh, his wife, Faye. Yep. Um and you meet... Uh, who was got... meant to be written out in this episode, who was meant to be only in this episode. Really? Just the context, but they liked her so much, they were like, yeah, you can be in the rest of the series, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I think she plays a good role, in it, and it's important to see their interaction, because, yeah. you know, all right, you're going in, and you are essentially another cop within the force. Yeah. But you're seeing a lot, as you say, the, the, a lot of the relationships, a lot of the problems, in, their personal problems as well. Yeah. And this was a real departure from what came before. Yeah, um... There's a, obviously there's a hierarchy as well, yeah. um, which I thought was really interesting. To so you can see that developing, you can see how that might change throughout, yeah. the, you know, the, the season uh, and so on and so forth. The the, the blend of characters. Now I'm not yeah. I'm not sure where this was set, like well, like fictionally. Where, where do you think it was set? And I I'll, don't know because I I have a really poor um, knowledge of American cities. Yeah. Well, my, like my knowledge of what they. Because I don't like to try and buy into the stereotype if I can help it, especially yeah. when I'm watching these you know, on a sort of critical level. So I don't know. I really, well, I don't know. They've never actually said where it's ever said. Like, you you is never it based, find out. Is it based on somewhere? Like, is it? Yeah. Is it based on New York? Is it based on Philly? Is it based on Chicago? Where is it based? That's 
it's f- it's filmed in Chicago, and they never explicitly say it, but Hill Street is meant to be in Chicago. All right. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell from the locations and see, some yeah, street but, signs, see, but they I, never explicitly say it. Yes, yeah, and my knowledge of America is through my American football yeah. you know, following, so I know Chicago gets flipping cold in the winter. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's one of those places which... You know, it can actually be quite a, a harsh place to be yep. during the winter months. So mm-hmm. that kind of rough, ready sort of the streets are a mess, and you know, just yeah. boarded up houses and buildings. It's just America in the eighties. Well, it's America now, really, as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's the, the, the the difference between the, the top and the bottom is is, is immense. Um, but I couldn't quite put my finger on exactly where it was. But I could certainly put my finger on the time it was set. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found there to be a few moments which were pretty cringy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. like the sexism in it was a bit yeah. much. Now, again, we've said this with other shows we've talked about, um, time and place. Yeah. Not trying to excuse anything, but time and place, that's, that's, that's what, what happened, it was yeah. like then. And the series goes on to, because um, to, I read, I read about it, the series goes on to, to tackle those issues as well. Yeah. And to tackle women not getting the top, top jobs yeah, in the business and, I mean, like, and stuff. There's other things that you can tell about it. You know, it's very much a time and a place because, uh, for example, when they go into, uh, when that uh, when the shop gets held hostage, the, the uh, shop, yeah. the customers get held hostage by yeah, the yeah. kids with a gun um, and the SWAT guy is trying to go in. He's smoking a pipe. <laughs> and I, I thought, I was like, that's class. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, my, my other gun's a pipe, you know, like it's, it's amazing. <laughs> well, this is the thing you just brought up. Like this pilot episode. Smoking on the job, you know, it's yeah. just a, it's part and parcel of what life was like in the 80s fine in yeah. fact it was like that through the 90s as well yeah. until the smoking bands started coming in and whatnot and then now we can't have pipes on when we're on on, uh, on screen on screen yeah um, but like you just brought one of oh, the oh by the way can I have a pipe in the uh, thing but a bubble one okay I'll have to work that in because yeah I'll have to work that in <laughs> joking um, <laughs> but the um, this this whole first episode is just chock full of just interesting things. For instance, in this one pilot episode, you've got prostitution, yep, panhandling, pickpocketing, yep, hostage taking, yep, drug addiction, yep, and then murder, downright murder, <laughs> and that's gender identity crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, oh, they do, that, yeah. Because they got the mention of that with uh, when Faye is talking to Farillo, his uh, her, yeah. her husband, because um, he's always at work and he's never home and he's not there to support the kids and they miss him, blah blah blah. And one of their kids is having an identity, a gender identity crisis, yeah. which I thought was incredibly modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the show to have brought up a mention now, you know, I'm sure it was around in the 80s. But I, but, I thought that was a bit early as well. Like I, I but didn't it, expect it, it. It was clearly around that time that people started to... The thing is, you've got... uh, You're talking about a time as well when you're right on the cusp of... And excuse the the sort of random sort of example here, but it's it's the George Michael era. It's the wham. It's the... Suddenly it's okay to be gay or to be, you know, bisexual or whatever and things like that. So weird that a cop show manages to touch on that, but it does just very gently and very subtly in one sort of short moment, but it just, it, it does it. And it's yeah. like, like where we said about other shows, they, the way they get everything in without, because if you wrote down all the things that they managed, like we've just listed, yeah. it's like, how the, how the hell do you do that? How do you make all of that fit in a cop show? It's hard. It's hard. breaking the rules of cop shows as it is. Yeah. Rewriting the rules, just creating the template. It's hard. And like, I think just the people who created the creators, yeah. um, Stephen Bocho and Michael Kozol, yeah. uh, they created it, they wrote it. The, the way they could do it is by having the right experience. So even though this was one of the most groundbreaking cop shows, there yeah. was a cop show they worked on before this. Oh, okay. And we actually covered it on this show. Can you think of a, oh, sh- a show? God, what have we done? That's similar in terms of. You're not going to get it. Cheats and looks at the list. No, I don't know. It's Columbo. They, did they really? Yeah, they did Columbo as well. So you can see where they got the kind of wise cracking detective kind of like stereotype from, but it's yeah. a bit less cartoony because I think Columbo at times can be a bit cartoony. This is a lot mm. more gritty. And it's about one guy for Columbo, whereas this is about the whole force. And yeah, it works Actually, just sort of quickly r- rolling back to um, something I thought of earlier was um, the dynamic of the group as, as, as a police force. You know, you've got... 
you've got white cops, black cops, you've got male, female, which is yeah. a, which is a really great mix, and, mm. and it's interesting to see it so early on in the eighties. Yeah, um, you've got the hierarchies, as I say, as well, but they're all different like you've got some of them are straight laced some of them are like you know willing to sort of let stuff slide yeah um, it's like when they go into the, when they go to that domestic um, uh, disturbance yep, yep. with the with the black couple mm-hmm. um, and he's sleeping with the stepdaughter or whatever whoever she is something like that yeah. Some, whatever yeah. yeah and it's the way they sort of go in and he goes like you know this is ridiculous like you've called us out for this this mm-hmm. is it's just an argument yep. you know, so he goes right the law in this house is this X, Y and Z done yeah. end of behave yourselves don't make me come back and yeah. he walks out and yeah. I love that it's like yeah. I feel like that's what cops should always do I know and the, and the tolerance there seems to be a, a more tolerant than some of the things that happened in the next uh, uh, show that we're going to talk about as well because there's some things in the next show but which is a little bit like oh like yeah. cops shouldn't do that and, and this this is like 30 years before and it seems a little bit more progressive in, in some way um, I just want to talk about how the Hill, like I said, like Hill Street Blues didn't come out of nowhere. It's, they worked on on shows like Columbo, but also this this show is also based on um, a documentary series about um, a a real life South Bronx uh, PlayStation, and that was filmed in documentary handheld style. But that was a, about a real life thing. So the creator okay. saw that and was like, "Yeah, we need to do that, but a fictional but a fictional version, <clears throat> but in that exact style, so it looks real." Yeah, and um, which is something that The Office did as well. They, they took a documentary yeah. style and made that into a fictional thing. And I was just thinking that maybe that's the template for everything. Just how you get a successful show, and this was so su- successful what, because they do the kind of documentary handheld fly on the wall thing. Yeah, fictionally. Yeah, and you just do it in other genres, um, but. Just to give you some kind of like um, uh, context of how successful this was, um, its debut season was rewarded with eight Emmy Awards, which was a debut season record up until that point, and it was only beaten uh, when The West Wing came along, and that debut season surpassed it, I think, with nine. Um, The show received a total of 98 Emmy nominations during its run. Jeez. Has any any other show come close to that? Watching this pilot episode, I definitely want to watch more. I don't know if I want to watch it straight away, but I'm keen to watch more. This is one of the first um, police procedural shows that had arcs rather than standalone episodes where every week is a brand new case. Yeah. In this, you do get that, but you also get an over overarching arc yeah, yeah. where... Um, where storyline doesn't resolve itself at the end of the well, episode and exactly. it continues plus, on. Plus you've got the relationships of the of all the sort of people in it. So you've got <clears throat> excuse me, Captain Ferrillo. You know, he's obviously got issues at home with the wife yeah. and such, so you don't know whether that's gonna sort of Yeah, that know, was quite that's interesting. That's gonna go yeah. on in, and whatnot. You've got uh Detective LaRue. Yeah. Um, who's sort of flirting with what's her face? Uh Joy Davenport, the lawyer, the barrister. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and you're sort of like, well, he's obviously going to try it on with her for the next, like, you know, four seasons. Yeah. Um, and she's going to keep saying no. Um, <laughs> then eventually. And then, then I, I couldn't work out who is she in bed with, like, towards the end? <sighs> is she in bed with LaRue or is she in bed with Ferrillo? It's not Ferrillo, is it? I don't know, and is it? No, I don't think I so. Because that's, that's, that's the whole thing. No, I don't think she's in bed with him because. No, I didn't think so. But, but part of my brain was like, well, maybe that's why the relationship's rocky, and Larue know. doesn't know. Um, again, like uh, yeah. I only watched it a once. lot happened, and I thought to myself, episode. I could go back and watch that scene again and again to work it out and yeah, really yeah, sort yeah. of have a look. Um, but uh, but and now I need to know. Yeah, you've given I mean, me something. You've given me something that I I've now got my teeth into, and yeah. you haven't given me a resolve to it. So now. I've got to watch on. Yeah. It's not only that, it's like how they, just the action scenes, like the, the hostage situation yeah, yeah. scene, I think that was just beautifully like directed. It just, it, it felt really kinetic. And I think that's the right word, kinetic. It yeah. made me feel, oh wow, people are in danger. Yep. Um, people, uh, just passers-by might get injured. Uh, I wonder how this is going to resolve itself. And I just think it was really well directed. And, um, and yeah, and I just love it how it starts and ends the same way every time. And it just makes you feel part of the crew. Um, yeah, and I loved it. And I'm gonna give before we move on. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a quiz, just a quick one. Okay. So Mike Post, he yep. um, composed the theme song. Yep. Jurassic Park. Yep. <laughs> Can you name one other show <laughs> that Michael Post has composed for? So just give you a clue. Mike Mike Post. He's a most TV think popular theme songs you can think of. You never knew it was him, but it's him. Right, okay. Think, think 70s, 80s mostly. 
Um, but he's worked on a lot of the biggies. All the catchy ones you can That's think of. so annoying, because it could be anything. It could be anything. So think of something very, very catchy. 18. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did it, you did it, you win. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> he worked, yeah, he, he made the A-Team theme song. Uh, I'll just give you a little bit more. So he did the A-Team, uh, Blossom. Which wow. We, which we haven't, that's a 90s show. Chips. Yeah. Doogie Howser, MD. Uh, Greatest American Hero. Magnum P.I. News Radio. Blimey. Quantum Leap. Stingray. 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 He did that. Didn't the Barry Gray Orchestra do that, though? They recorded it, but he composed it. Oh, he composed it, it okay. Um, and then he did Law and Order a little bit later, once another, like, cop show. And um, he also... He is the music man. He's a music man. He also scored an episode of Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> Mr. Dick Van Dyke. Um, so, yeah, you Quite won. You, you, yeah. you won that. Thank but you. He's the man. He's, he's, if you want to do a theme song, he is the man. He's the man. Um, should we move on? Yeah, we should. Uh, but we'd like to just quick, one quick mention before we do. Oh, though. yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, because... It's really coincidental that we're doing this show this week because sad news this week is that Stephen Botchko actually died at the start yeah. of... Uh, well, so you're listening to this uh, sort of second week of April. So last week, yeah. um, when we were talking about this on text before recording, yeah, he, um, the news had broke that Stephen had died. Is that 74, I think it was? Yeah, he, he literally Suffered died. Quite a long time for a bit of ill health. but um, Yeah, he died yeah. the day before we record this, which is... It was uncanny. Yeah, to say, it's an absolute coincidence that that's happened. Um, so this episode is dedicated to Stephen and the great job that he's done with Hill Street Blues because yeah. I love this. Yeah. It's a great show. But you're not going to get any extra points just because of that. <laughs> but <laughs> You heartless, heartless man. But he has made some of the, the best uh, TV shows of our, yeah. our lives, basically. Uh, you so. can definitely see where others are influenced by it. And I think probably the show that I suggested this week has definitely taken some influence from Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Because uh, my one was the very first of this sort of brand. Yeah. Of, uh, Franchise. Sort of, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, this is CSI Las Vegas. Not the theme tune that I had anticipated hearing. You're not anticipating a lot of things today. No, I'm very unanticipatable. What? Did you? Ha- <laughs> so you're expecting a certain song? Well, I'm, I'm expecting the Who, aren't I? Yeah, you know, like yeah. Who are you? Who? 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 Do you know what my theory on this is? I don't know if you've actually checked it. I think getting a song by The Who is bloody expensive. So they wanted to see if the, if the first episode was successful first. And then when it was, they were like, we've got money to blow. Yep, let's call, do it. Call up The Who. <clears throat> hey, Pete! Yo, Pete! We need to borrow your song. Yeah! And talking, and, and there's a little bit of a connection early on. Pete Townsend. Yep. He wrote a song. Right. Called Mike post theme about the theme songs of Mike Post. Whoa! That's just come to me, just just the top of my dome. Accidental this. link of the podcast. Yeah, um, and that was on their one of the later albums, actually, like two, like in the two thousands. Um, Mike Post theme. Mind blown. Wow, Mike Post is getting. That's awesome. Yeah, that is a link and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not the not the theme tune that um, most will have come to. Recognise when CSI Las Vegas comes on the telly. Yeah, um, which is no- always. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's quite a typical cop show theme tune. It's got kind of all the sort of vibe about it that you would expect in, especially in a in a, a show like this, which is crime scene investigation. That's what CSI stands for. Yeah, it's about that intricate kind of like you know criminology, the the analysis of the evidence, that fine detail stuff, and that's where this show. I think probably, I don't say break broke the mould, but certainly sort of put it on the map a little bit more, and kind of that's what that's it was that was its thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it opens up every episode opens the same way, like the pilot does. You've got a, a, a scene unfolding and a crime, we'll call it for now, uh, happening. And as far as you're aware, on the surface, it's pretty clean cut. It's like, well, this has happened. That's yeah. it. Um, but you know, the purpose of the whole show is about confirming it or disproving it with the evidence yeah. um, and that's when the titles roll you get to meet all the characters and interesting I didn't I didn't know that 
pretty much all the characters that are still in it to this day, or until the very end of the Vegas series, were in the pilot episode. There's not many. Yeah. There's not many that get added to this starting lineup. You know what? I've never been a fan of CSI, so no? I don't know the characters, but I've seen <clears throat> their faces on posters, billboards, and on adverts. But I haven't really. It's not really my thing. It feels a little bit flashy. Um, I mean, it has all the elements like you, you see in, in other kind of yeah. shows and Hill Street Blues, and it just feels like they've done it to death. And I think the fact that it's so popular... But I don't, I don't, yeah, but I don't know if if anything did it before this. This is very much like the... So you can see elements of, in this show yep. that have been reflected in shows since. So yeah. for, Oh, this is influential in itself. For example, yeah. Dexter. Blood Spatter Analysis. 100%. Gil Grissom in this is very much that man with an absolute keen eye to the finest of detail. And I watched in, that and I was like, this of, is Dexter. This is where Dexter's got it part from. Of yeah. the, part of the episode, you see him actually bashing in a, a synthetic head yep. to analyse the splatter of, I think he's testing a golf club out because it was a crime that yep. someone's head caved in or whatever. I really like that part. But I don't understand uh, why they needed real human blood because they, <clears throat> they got a pint of blood from it, the newbie. It behaves in a different way to... Why can't they just synthesise it or use well, animal well, blood? Look, this is true, and this is this is one of the things I wrote down. Now, one of the recurring um, criticisms of CSI, of NCIS, of Law and Order, of Criminal Minds, of all the other shows that are very much like this—that very sort of minutiae of the de- the detail, the fine yeah. detail—is that. A lot of the tech and the techniques that they use yep. are utter bogus. Okay. Like, I, I've got... I have I know of people who work within sort of criminology departments, yep. the Met Police and things, um, who I've been to school with, and and they, they watch these shows and they're like, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. doesn't happen that quick. Trust me, that is not a 10-second spin. That's like four weeks. Yeah. That would never happen that quickly. That's impossible. You can't do that. But mm-hmm. we don't have the technology today to do that. So that's nonsense. Yeah. And and yet, I mean, ultimately, you have to remember, you're watching a television drama. It's not real. Yeah. But it's clever in that I can't work out, like a lot of the things, like when we're referring back to Star Trek, actually, when yeah. we were saying about how they clearly envisaged this technology that we will have in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the whole iPad touchscreen thing. Yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, oh, what's the word of the... When they telekinesis? Tricorder? No, oh, um, like when warp, he transport, uh, transportation. Yeah, what's it called? Yeah, beam warp, me up. Not warp drive. You um, know what I mean, but that, yeah, yeah. like, we haven't got that yet. <laughs> yeah. But clearly, we've got the people with the minds that think, we need to invent that. Yeah, yeah. How do we transport matter from one place to another? Yeah. The, clearly, these techniques and these methods are being well it developed you know they're trying they're trying to get them so that yeah. actually crimes can be solved yeah i guess so i just feel like it's done in, in such a flashy way it's it's like the whole thing was a little bit like a music video i know, I know this yes. is really popular but it just yeah. felt like i doesn't feel like they care about the victims because they just care about going and zooming into the bullet holes yeah. zooming out again and like slice and open someone's brain just to go inside and then zoom out again. It's like the Top Gear of like medical shows. It's- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I get that. Actually, it, it's actually this is about showing off the yeah. tech and it's being like the the edge of edge of where we are with science. Yeah. In in trying to solve crime, um, it almost- but also there is there is a human element to it as well. Um, hmm. And I think no, I think there is. Okay. I think if you look at the the characters, that the sort of the main characters that you basically will be with until the end of the show, which is like it runs like fourteen, fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got Gil Grissom, who is the sort of very much the lead guy in the whole whole show. He is the Horatio of the Vegas. You know, Horatio is kind of like the, is the Miami version of him. We've yeah. um, got uh, Catherine, who is um, also one of the sort of she's the lead female in this for sure. Um, my, uh, Nick is the sort of young guy who's sort of trying to prove himself and he and Warwick are on the same sort of level. There's a little thing within this episode where they've both solved 99 crimes yeah. and they're sort of on the race to the 100th one because they get promoted up a level, get that was, a pay rise. Quite clever, yeah. But then, as I'm saying, like, so that's interesting as well because there'll be quite a lot of people who go to work with others who are on almost the same par as them yeah. and there's the chance for promotion 
So, you know, there's that r- relatable element to, to the job. It is a job at the end of the day, what, despite them having to solve these horrific things. It, yeah. it is a job. Um, and then you've got one thing we always talk about, you know, the, one of these commandments of, of a pilot, mm-hmm. brand new character. That's You've right. got Holly Gibbs who comes in. Comes she's, in as the rookie. She's the rookie. Just out of school. Absolutely. She's just passed all her exams, flying colours. She's come in and um, it's, I can't remember his name down, but Jim, yep. the guy who plays Jim, who's like kind of the captain of the whole force, this this unit at least. Um, he says, you know, he's sick and tired of seeing that, you know, season come, season go, you know, gives it the hard, the hard yeah. sell as it were and goes, well, you're with Gil, deal with it. You know, get out of my office type of thing. And it kind of a bit of tough love to sort of put a right, you know, because otherwise yeah. she's going to get comfortable. And then thing she is, makes did the autopsy stuff on the first night, which is yeah. all. See, th- th- this is the bit that I thought was a little bit cliched because you've gone, you've gone through CSI school, right? Yep. You will become so hardened to dead bodies, to crimes. Yeah. To, and she goes in there like she's never seen a body before. She goes yeah, in yeah. and... It, Right, so so the first thing I don't didn't like about her um, is she goes in and she's obviously the the pretty new girl and they and they yep. they're all perving on her and I just thought oh, that's a bit of a cheap cheap blow. Maybe I should rephrase that, but like she goes no, no, in. I know, I know you mean. I know. I know what you yeah. Mean, yeah. So she she so she's so eager to please. It seems unrealistic. Like she offers up her um, a pint of her blood straight away. Well, I would be like, no, you're not getting a pint <clears> of her blood. It doesn't make any sense. She's animal yeah. blood. Well, that, that, there is that. But I would say that actually, the, I think this is what, what that, what the way she approaches it, I think, yeah. certainly how I feel from it, from what I saw, was that this is the cream of the crop. So going back to another show we talked about, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. it's the elite of the elites. It's the it's the red arrows of the jet fighter pilots. Yeah, like but th- this department yeah. is the top. Like there is no one more advanced, more you know, more successful in solving crimes than this group. And I think the fact that she's sort of come into it means she's like she's like, Oh my god, like this is the this isn't the big time. This is the league above the big time. But this this is like um starting your first day at Greg's and being scared but it's of not, being scared it? of bread. No, 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 no. This isn't starting at Greg's. This is starting at, like, Michelle Rue's restaurant. Okay, but like, she... And being literally his right-hand man. But she's gone through... First chef I could think of for some reason. She, she, she's she, gone through the academy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she... When she sees a dead body, she's like she's yeah, vomiting, that, puking up. She that, runs out. She that run, I agree with you. She's scared of dead bodies, mate. You're not going to do well in this that, job. That I agree with. I that. wanted her to be a bit more of like a like a Scully character in in like X Files, where she's she she's semi new to the job, yet she knows her stuff. She should know her stuff. Yes, this is a league above, but she shouldn't be scared of dead bodies. She shouldn't be feeling physically sick at things. And she, it felt like she was just in this to be the pretty, pretty new girl. Um, yeah, and but I would say that that's the, the only the, thing. The chances like. of being exposed to like you know, what to a dead we, body? What, you no, should have seen hundreds. Yeah, by yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But being seeing a dead body and like having to stand over one that's been like rotting for four days or whatever it was the week that they said, you know, had been in the house a week before they even got it back to to autopsy. I'm just saying, like, hmm. like there's only so much you can prepare for. Like, think about when you went to school. This is one of the arguments that you hear all the time. We've we've adults talking about you know teenagers who are going through school and going off to university right none of them have got any life skills none at all okay. and i kind of agree with this to an extent like i came out of university and i things i'd learned about myself were pretty important and i sort of realized i was basically a useless turd <laughs> with a degree yeah but you because you don't learn anything about life you just yeah. learn how to do exams and you learn how to pass a test or do a piece of coursework yeah and i think this is actually whether it's intentional or not it's it's really highlighting that. I think it's really highlighting actually that you can do all you can be the best of the class, but until you get out there in the real world and do it, you have no idea. Like I you don't think know if that's you think you've been swimming. I think you've been swimming like in the big pool. You've literally been in the paddling pool until now. Now you're in the ocean. Like it's the real thing. And I and, and that's where you look at the gill and like the way he he, he develops a lot over the, the seven, eight seasons that he goes on for. Okay. I'm only based on this pilot episode. No, of course you are. And no, to no, me, no, it just lot, felt... It felt I kind of agree. I do, ag- I do agree, and I hadn't I hadn't really picked up on that before. Yeah. I do I do agree yeah. that she should have been more used to that. So it's a bit weird that she was freaked out by a dead body. Yeah. Or a room of dead bodies. Yeah. That sort of should have been a fairly normal thing by yeah. this point. Don't get me wrong. I liked her as a character because she is our in on this situation. Yeah. So I liked her for that reason, and I wanted and her I, to I, do and well. And I wonder how else you bring in a new character into this team 
I would have brought her in as someone who knows her stuff. The guys think they can Transfer mess with her from another depart- like from another part of the country. I know she come out of the academy, but then the guys like think they can mess with her. But then she proves herself that she knows her stuff. Well, perhaps she does know the next episode. Mate, like, this is the thing you don't know that, do you? I, I guess so, but like I'm not. I don't know. It felt like her character wasn't believable, and she's the the main character for us. So yeah, I guess so. I mean, you're, um, you're on the journey with her, and we all talk about this whole going on the journey with the new character that comes into it and that's fine but you know you're yeah. looking at all this stuff you're looking at the way they look at stuff like the, the, you know, when they're talking about the guy who gets shot the, the in the home invasion yeah, yeah, yeah so they're sort of analysing the footprint on the door fine okay yeah. they're looking at the fact his shoelaces are tied differently yeah like like that's the detail like yeah, you, and no, I, you, and, you and I would never look at it that way I don't know <laughs> All right, you boys, you're smart, Alec. But you know, like the average Joe wouldn't look at those details. And yeah, I think yeah. it's just, for us, Holly is our... It's, she's on our level. So, like, we're obviously watching Maybe. this... We're watching the show because we like we like solving puzzles. Okay. Yeah, we like solving puzzles, which is why we're watching a show where they solve stuff. Yeah. Right? If you're not into that sort of thing, you wouldn't watch this show. Yeah, 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 But she is... She only knows how to do it in a, a controlled environment. In the real world, yeah. she hasn't a clue. And actually, as you see the episode develop, when she's been to a few scenes, yeah. she's confident. Like, Warwick so maybe, drops off from that one scene, yeah. and she's like, yeah, I know, go in, take photos, do the yeah. thing, get out. So already within that one episode, that 45-minute episode, she's comfortable. Yeah, It's just so, that first night. I mean, she's been thrown right into it. She's been grilled by the boss. She's yeah. been thrown in with the, almost the Top Gun sort of CSI yeah. agent. Um, she's gone. She's had to go and look at a dead body that's been there for like ten days and stinks. And I imagine that was stink, yeah, like yeah. no end. Yeah. Then she gets locked into a fridge with a <laughs> with like loads of dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just like the it's the it first weird. day. Did you trauma? Like the worst thing for me would be swearing on the radio on my first day. <laughs> and yeah, you'd probably cack yourself, but you'd be like, well, it's only radio. I'm not dealing with dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. It, it just it just felt a bit unusual, but I can see how they maybe wanted to have a character that would react how the audience would react. If you're locked in a room with dead bodies, yeah. you would be sick too, I guess. But she's meant to be she's meant to have gone through academy through the schools. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, do, so I do kind of understand. Maybe they it was basically their way of but trying to get you. She gives you the dynamic of the new character, this sort of newbie, the rookie to it. You've got Gil, the very experienced guy. You've got Nick, who's kind of like the very straight laced, hardworking, wants to do well, wants to get promoted, wants to work his way up. You've got Warwick, equally. He wants to do well, but he's a bit of a bit of a charlatan. Yeah, um, he's a bit of a scallywag. I, I quite liked him though. Like he was, yeah, he's likable, but you he's know, a rebel. He, you, yeah, he's likable. Yeah, but you know, he's gonna undo. He, he's gonna be the reason of something undoing. Oh, and at yeah. the end of the episode, it very much comes to fruition because he gets suspended. Yeah. Well, he he's been told certain things by his superiors, and he goes against them. He goes above their heads. That's what I'm saying so, like you yeah. like him because he's a lovable rogue. Yeah. But you also know he's going to be the reason that something goes wrong. I'll tell you what, he's got very nice eyes, hasn't he? Throw, throw that out. It's just like this guy's got nice eyes. He has. He's got very nice eyes, and like you never really noticed that with characters. It was like bluest eyes in the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I liked, I like, I liked this. I didn't love it. There was, yep. I the, some of the bits felt a little bit cheap. Like yeah, okay. Her character, um, the bit where Warwick goes to see the judge and yep. the neighbors call the police because they think there's a black guy uh, outside the, the in the garden. House. And I was like, yeah, but would that would that really happen? I don't know. Um, maybe it would. Um, and all of the kind of like actually crime scene stuff was good, but then it also felt a little bit like. A bit too much, like when he was explaining um, to the guy how a um, what distance the the bullet wound was, and they zoomed into the bullet wound. Yeah, that must get overdone so much. And so, no, if 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 he was this close, it would have, this would have happened, and then the, the camera zoomed to the bullet wound. I'm just like, what? What next? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of understand what you're saying there, but I would say that I think what they're trying to do with that is teach you. Okay. Kind of bring you up to speed. You're you are like you say. You're Holly. You're the new guy on. You know. You're in this for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of going like they're going to explain stuff to you. And, you know. You're going to have to pay attention to the detail. And they're going to slowly but surely make cases more complicated. If you watch any episode from season six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. Yeah. 
they get really, really depth, like deep, and they the, the detail yeah. is. It, I mean, it goes on for for episodes. Yeah. Some of the well, stories, I know this the arch, was arching one stories. of the first shows that kind of did the whole uh, CGI zooming into things, and that, yeah. now ev- everyone does that. But actually, that was actually first started on X Files, where you see Scully doing aut- autopsies and stuff, and you did get elements of that as well. So people okay. people credit CSI, but it was actually done a few years before on the X Files. Um, as a 15 seasons is probably what I should have said 15 seasons and then there's a big feature length finale and multiple spin-offs yep uh, Ed in October of 2000 yep. first episode so this is 18 years old now yep. will be at the end Pre-9/11. of the year pre-9-11 yeah um, I, I liked it I li- like you I liked it didn't love it but I said to you before we started recording that um, I find this a really easy show to watch uh, any of the CSIs any of the Criminal yeah. Minds the Law and Orders I find them quite. They're just quite easy to consume. They're sort of like yeah. the sort of the sort of thing I would pop on in the afternoon whilst having lunch. Yeah. Again, you've you've got. Like, That's not to be disrespectful of it. Like, yeah. if I wanted to pay attention, I could. Well, it's because they have that kind of like uh, crime of the week type vibe to it. But there's also an yeah. overarching story, so you can continue to see the the the, the progress of that, the new recruits, and yeah, the, and uh, which is good. Um, I'm happy to score a few are, unless you've got Let's, anything else to no, say on no, 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 it. I'm, I'm, yeah? Let's score. Let's All right. Score. Hill Street Blues then. Your show first. So uh, what are you scoring it? Um, again, it's the most influential cop show there is. Uh, amazing theme song. Uh, world-breaking number of awards. And uh, it's just great. And I love it. It's going to get a 8.5 from me. Ooh. I know it sounds like I would have done higher, but um, I feel like it's going to get better. So... I am going to watch on at some point. Yeah. 8.5. I am going to match you with an 8.5. Oh, wow, good. Good score, 17. Nice 17. So that's, that's well above the weirdo kind of band. Yeah, yeah, that's a long way above the weirdo band, uh, which is 15 mark. Yeah. Um, I shall pop it in the list in a second, but okay. we'll do Vegas, CSI Las Vegas. Okay, you go first. It's your choice. I gave it a 6.5. I'm going to give it a 6. Yeah, okay, no worries. Why have you given it a 6.5? Um, I want to watch it more. Okay. Um, I feel slightly invested in the characters. I'm sort of, I want to know what happens um, uh, to Holly. I want to see what, you know, how she gets on. Does she make it or not? Is she, you know, she going to cut it or not? Um, kind of want to know how Warwick goes. Does he straighten up? In, you know, there's a little bit of that investment. Was a, that was a good there's, there's ending, a little bit, there's, a, there's a little bit of investment in the characters. Yeah. Um, I know that it gets more um, detailed and more complex later on, so I know it's going to start challenging me more once it's, it's, it's introduced me to the concept yeah. um, and it's taught me through a lot of it and I'm just like, okay, I get what the process is here and I know that it's going to get more complicated, so it's going to test me. I like a show that you know challenges me and makes me go, what? Yeah. Hang on, do that again? I like that. Um, and it's got a cracking theme tune. Not this episode, mind you, but yeah. it, I know it's got a cracking theme tune. It does, so yeah, yeah. Um, I would watch on a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not my favourite show. I don't feel like I need to watch on. I'm not invested in the characters. I don't really care what happens to Warwick. I'm not interested in Holly's trials and tribulations of her getting to grips with something she should be adept at. Um, You're really critical of Holly, aren't you? You don't like. You're... I just think she's she shouldn't be there. <laughs> Someone needs to like contact her uh, her okay. academy and anyway yeah so that's why I'm giving it a six okay well that goes in then uh, twelve and a half alongside uh, Great British Bake Off and Pugwall it's <laughs> about right yeah that's about right <laughs> it's a strange level to be at um, and Hill Street Blues goes in uh, in a nice a really nice group of shows actually Daredevil Sherlock Orange is the New Black The Young Ones The Simpsons Blind Spot Luther Twilight Zone The Prisoner. And now Hill Street Blues wow, as well. Wow, that's a guess, a real good mix. Um, there's a nice little selection of shows in that 17. Yeah. That's a really good like I'd watch all benchmark. Those yep. 17 is a really strong stance there. Yeah. Um, but that is our 98th, 97th, and 98th shows done. So next week we will be doing take 50, oh. thus our 100th show of this podcast. So we need to make it good. Okay, so 50th and by we, anniversary. By we, I mean you, because I okay. get to go first, which means I get the 99th show. <laughs> right, okay. So I can pick a really crap one, and you can pick a... Br- you've got to pick a brilliant one. Please don't pick a crap one, because it's our, it's our 50th show, <clears throat> and we need to make it special. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not okay. going to. Um Weirdly, for some strange reason, 50 makes me think of sort of big anniversary, yeah, big golden yeah. anniversary. And 
I can't help it, but I'm thinking of the Queen. Because <laughs> the 50th, like, ju- Jubilee. Yeah, because it's not been... And she's, she's always in the news anyway. She's always doing something, kicking a, <laughs> kicking a squirrel or something. <laughs> um, what new channel do you have? Uh, you don't want to watch what I watch. <laughs> um, can we do... Yeah. I've show I've not watched before, but yeah. I've heard lots of rave stuff about it. Okay. Can we do The Crown? Yes, because... The crowning glory yes. for our 50th episode, our 100th show. It's great, because I've always wanted to watch that, and I haven't watched it yet. Um, and... I know someone who's in the crown. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, so we can... Special guest next week? Well, I'll, Should we ask? I'll ask, yeah. We'll ask. So I'll we ask. might have. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be no cool. No pressure. If you, you can't do it, you can't <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. But that'd be awesome if they can. Okay, okay. What are you going to put against the crown? Wow. I wish I picked the crown, to be quite honest. <laughs> but I... Well, that's just the 50th. I really want to do something... Uh, do that. Go for what you think. Yeah. Go for something this big for our 50th episode, 100th show. Well, can I go for something that isn't big, but I love? Of course you can. Okay. I want to do, because it's a special one, I want to do a show that I absolutely bloody love, and it's really underrated and people don't talk about it enough, um, and that's Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, I think we mentioned okay. that another episode, and it's we one of my... We mentioned it. It's only six episodes, uh, and it's only one season... Um, and it's absolute perfection. Is that for a reason? Am I going to get an easy win next week? No, you're not going to get an easy win at all because okay. this show is amazing. Uh, we'll talk about it again in the next show, but um, I know someone who is in that show and I'll see if we can... Sp- what, in Garth Marenghi as well? Garth Marenghi's you are a connected man, aren't so you? <laughs> I will... It'd be good if I knew someone from every show we did. But, you probably um, do. I'll see if we can get them on the phone at least because she's right. a busy lady. Well, listen, also, I thought as it's our 50th and yeah. uh, we haven't done any sort of live element for a little while since doing Comic-Con last year. Yeah, yeah. Not really sure there's any sort of do's we can gate crash next week. But how <sighs> about we so. do it live somehow? Ha- ha- hang on, what... <laughs> How about what? we just do the episode live? So we'll, we'll we record this in one go anyway. It's not like yeah. we sit and edit it all out and all that sort yeah. of stuff. We kind of just do it as it is. Yeah, yeah. Live. How about stream how? it or something? We can we stream can it. Stream it. Stream it on Twitter, maybe. Yeah. I'm not on Facebook, so can we do Twitter? Twitter is done. okay. We can use well, we talk Periscope. About, is that yeah, or? well, people talk about you know we talk about people tweeting us and an Easter show. So hashtag put it on the list. Yeah. Uh, next week we can do a live one. But then, um, so can people like talk to us? Well, can you do that? You can do that on Periscope, yeah. can't you? Wow, that's going to be interesting. Okay. Should we give it a go? Okay, so next week, guys... The Crown. The Crown. Versus Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Dark Place. Live. Live, streamed on Twitter. For our 50th anniversary. That's big. This is a lot of unexpected stuff. Lots of (laughs) unexpected items in the bagging area. Yeah. Let's give it a go. Okay. Let's give it a go, and then maybe we can do it on a regular basis. Okay. Okay, if people want to see it, then we can do it. So if you do like this show... um, We'll let you know on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. So, yeah. what's yours? I'm at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. And I'm at The Jellyman, T H E Jellyman. Uh, so, get on Twitter, follow us uh, yeah. in the next couple of days, and then watch out for the details. We'll tweet the link yeah. uh, to it and maybe, um, on the night off. Once we figure it out, we can drop it into the end of this episode it's exactly when it is, as like a voice. Perfect. Note. You can do that, Rob. Yeah, I'll get serious to do this. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So, we'll do The Crown, yep. we'll do Garth Marenghi's Dark Place live. Live on Twitter next week for yep. our 50th take. Wow. Uh, and if you haven't already done so, please subscribe via the Post Pop Podcasts website. Yeah. Post Pop podcasts.com um, or on Apple uh, iTunes yeah. um, Apple Podcasts whatever whatever, whatever podcast, podcast catcher you've got yeah, yeah whatever you want you got um, and search for the pilot and uh, I can't believe we've done 100 well next week will be 100 shows Mental. that's amazing so we only have a few more after that right hang on what food are we going to have next week have I got to eat like so the crown Garth Meringue we have meringue <laughs> Garth Meringue. We could do, or we could have, because Garth Meringue is set in Essex, is there an Essex delicacy? You should know. I'll have a think about it. Have a think about it. Yeah, okay. And for the crown, we've got to have like pheasant or something, right? Yeah. I don't eat meat, so you can eat a pheasant. I'll just have donuts again. All right, done. Okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess that just leaves me to say, I'll see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile.